podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Transfer Podcast on Anfield Index and in Anfield Index Pro. I'm Trev Downey. As usual, of course, I am podcasting to you from my field here in beautiful rural Ireland and fresh from his holiday break. I present to you our own channel's transfer guru, Dave Davis. How are you, brother? Mate, I have got a, a tan and I am ready to get transferred up. Looking forward to this one very much. Tremendous. It'll, it, it will sound better coming from you with your uh, exotic glow, no doubt. And look, there's there's only one uh, story. Uh, there's only one show in town. It is the Henderson and Fabinho madness, as you've tagged it in your notes here. I, I, I think we'll take them separately. We'll take them as separate cases. And probably the most cut and dried one to take, first of all, is perhaps to start with, if it's okay with you, the Fabinho one, which has at least things to talk about in terms of specific facts that we seem to know. I'm using the word facts quite liberally and loosely there, but it does appear with the player himself not having traveled to the uh, Germany tour that it looks like that deal is going to go ahead. It came out of the blue, Dave, and it's a paradigm shifter because as you've said, and I've said on this show so many times, this Saudi Arabia money is a game changer. And in a way, it's changed the game for Liverpool that the plan is probably no longer the plan now because this has come up. An opportunity to get a reported 40 million for a lad who we signed for around the same amount and who is clearly not at that level anymore when he was winning us trophies and really running our midfield. It seems like a no-brainer for the club, and obviously it's going to have a knock-on effect with our recruitment. What's your take on the Fabinho situation? How much weight are are you putting into the reports that we're hearing so far? What's your opinion on it? What do you know about it? Let's talk Fabinho. I am going to put my full extensive added all-inclusive style holiday weight behind this one, Trev. I have to be completely honest because... If you look back at the facts that we're working with, where does the story come from originally? Ornstein. We know, not always perfect, but you know, you're talking the most reliable football journal that we can. The bit of Thursday time saying, yeah, they're in for him. I'll iti, if I pronounce that right, really, or Itiad, sorry, really like him. The bid is expected to come in for 40 million quid. So obviously that gets everyone going. Hold on, what the heck's going on? Especially on the back of all the Hendo news, which we'll, we'll rewind back to later. And then as it starts to come out on Friday, yeah, all the suspicion, it, it is real. You know, there's real news in it. 
And then the big thing is Saturday, it starts to come out. And it's really weird, Trev, because I was doing a, a Media Matters podcast with Neil Jones at about 10 a.m. And we, we were kind of messaging afterwards and chatting like, and he was saying, you know, I'm trying to find out info. And then he kind of messaged at the same time as the news came out that, as you said, the plane tracking was the big one. Fabinho is not or hasn't gone now to Germany, as we know. That is the big news. Now, he's not going because the transfer's close. You know, they're now at the stage as the reports from Romano, others are coming out. Even, you know, Joyce has even said, yeah, there's an offer there. Neil Jones, you know, confirmed it on the show. There is a £40 million offer there as well. It's instalments, payments, those types of things, negotiations. It's all apparently done with the player and the Saudi club as well. I mean, there's talk around it's, you know, half a mil, maybe even slightly more a week. Um, a week. And the big thing to say with this one, Trev, it's one of the four PIF-backed clubs as well. So the real smart money, I mean, I think it'd be absolutely criminal, personal opinion, to, to bet against this. It's really thrown the cat amongst the pigeons. It's one that we didn't expect, by the looks of it, it doesn't seem one that Liverpool really expected either. So there, there seems to be a bit of a scramble, whether there's truth in that or just appearance is a different thing. But yeah, this this one, the smart money says goes ahead and wow, the transfer game is a foot at Liverpool, eh? Well, it really is. And I mean, that's my, maybe, maybe I'm very naive and this was something that had been, uh, known behind the scenes and so on and so forth. But the way the story broke, it was quite a shocker to us fans. And it does seem, Dave, that, you know, to, to, to elaborate on that point, I, I was introducing early on and that we've spoken about before. Um, the wild card of this transfer window is this, incredible mountain of money and now it looks as if uh our club are going to be on the in the receiving end of at least uh one portion of it which is a spectacular fee i think you'll agree to receive for fabinho at his age now i think some people have written the lad off a little bit quick in terms of the fact that he is still only 29 i heard a lot of people talking about his legs have gone and so on and so forth that seemed a bit premature to me a fella can have a bad season or two. Some other people can have a bad season or three and they don't get half the amount of criticism. So I kind of personally was looking forward to Fabinho sort of overseeing some understudy uh, this season and see what that looked like. And maybe if we could get him back to top form, well, there's nobody better. We know that. But at the same time, I think if you're being level-headed, and this is what I want to tease you out on here, is what your personal opinion of this is, because it does look like it's a very likely thing to happen. Do you think it's good business for the club, um, given the fact that it does sort of represent almost a return on the investment initially made? And I doubt anyone else would give us the colour of that money now, never mind in a year or two's time. Absolutely brilliant business, Trevor. I, th- I think the club would be insane to turn this down. You look at his age, like you say, 29. Yes, there was a there was a few green shoots of recovery towards the end of the, rece- um, the season, especially when we moved to that sort of the hybrid formation, the 3-2-2-3. But I think the big thing we saw last season is his form, you know, it tumbled off a cliff. I think also you saw last season... He can't play the six almost on his own in that 4-3-3 anymore, Trev. He's just, he was never the quickest, don't get me wrong, but the mobility, the reading, whether the, the legs have just gone 
in simple terms. And I don't think they're fully gone, but they're they're well on their way. They're kind of 78% loading towards that, put it that way for me. So I think it's great business. What I would love, Trevor, and I mean this sincerely, York Schmacker could really, really impress me here. I'd love to see it be even more. Because all the talk is, yeah, there's a £40 million offer. But as we know in football, especially the way Liverpool work, you'd have to accept the first offer, do you, Trev? I'd love them to negotiate more and be even cheekier. However, based on what the players served up this season, and I know he's got a reputation history and everything like that, £40 million is a sterling bit of business. To get slightly more would just be incredible. And maybe I am pushing my luck distinctly there. But yeah, get it done. Get it Get it gone. 40 million. Great business. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. It is, and, you know, um, we have often said that you know to a greater or lesser extent we shelve the moral um hand-wringing and 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 debates and questions around uh, motivation and uh the source of this income and all the rest of it that is a different show for a different time we're simply talking about the deals here and whether they make sense for our club uh we can have an opinion about those other things for sure and it's going to come back into our chat in a minute because it's unavoidable but you know it with, it, with the best will in the world, Fabinho strikes me as a lad who would be quite happy to 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 make this move now because he has done it all with us at a very top club, at the very top end of football, and now is being presented with um, you know the the just a, a boatload of cash. And um, regardless of what sort of money people I, 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 whose opinions I respect have said about you know it's greed and it's this and it's that and the other yeah but it's also human nature to want to do that and um I, I think it's highly likely and I think it's interesting. I heard you say to Neil Jones, maybe we could squeeze a few more <laughs> millions out of them seeing as they are this PIF funded entity. So that will be interesting to see, but I think we'll all be uh, rubbing our hands gleefully if we have 40 million to invest in a new uh, and dynamic talent who's first team ready or damn near it. So that's going to be very interesting to watch. It will be a hell of a shock if it doesn't go through at this point. However, there is an even more controversial move involving our captain. And let's be honest, if the Fabinho thing, if you were to have a look around the players at Liverpool Football Club and say, who do you think might go to Saudi Arabia because they might be a attractive in terms of their star quality uh, to that league and therefore attract a big fee and B, be willing to do so. I think Fab would have been pretty high up on a lot of people's lists. Um, one person who wouldn't have been anywhere near the top of the list is Jordan Henderson, and yet there he is. 
Now, there's a lot going on here. Um, the stories about Henderson, I think, started um, on the Thursday night into the Friday. Uh, it was interesting to watch. My stance from minute one was this is not going to happen. And I'll be honest with you, Dave, and I'll be honest to our listeners here. The main reason I was saying it was not going to happen was almost a kind of reverse jinx, because I thought if we could get a transfer fee for the captain at this point, uh, that would be a sort of wonderful solution, because I have envisaged a future where he's doing a lot of playing on the pitch for us in the six and I don't like it um, and it's not about you know H- Henderson hatred or anything like that I think I've been always very reasoned in my in my take on Henderson as I think you have as well as a footballer I just don't think he is good enough to be playing for us in the next iteration of Liverpool Football Club on a regular basis so if he's not going to play on a regular basis and we can get a, a transfer fee for him I, I was kind of I thought this is an interesting way to solve what could have been a thorny issue. As it happens, I expected fully that he would come out immediately and say, no, I've no interest in such a move. As it went on, it became increasingly obvious that he was interested in the move. And therefore, my pessimistic side thought it was, again, more and more likely that as the recrimination started to fly and fly, they did, Dave. And as the statements of disillusionment uh, started to come in from, you know, weighty uh, media corners, uh, Barney Ronay wrote an article. I saw several other, you know, high profile people tut tutting. There were uh, there were tweets from influential groups like cop outs and stuff like that. And I thought it's only a matter of time before Henderson has to cave and make a statement going, oh, well, I was never really interested anyway, lads. He didn't. And now he's traveling still having not made a statement. And I think, Dave, pardon the long-winded nature of this, but I want to get it all out on the table. Only the most uh, ardent, blinded by the light Henderson fans will say things like I saw today, which is, he's never said anything. So why are you assuming that he wanted to go there in the first place? Why are people making these assumptions and damning him on the basis that uh, he wanted to go when he's never even said he wanted to go? I think that's spectacularly naive. I think the simple thing to do if you did not want to go and you're being linked as a high profile player that he is would have moved to, a, to that particularly given his own particular uh, support for certain causes in the, in, in the past would have been to take the hint and come out and make a statement quick. He didn't do it, Dave. That can only mean one thing to me, which is that he was hoping that it would get done, get done quickly and he would be gone before he had to discuss too much about that. But now he's traveling to Germany and now it's up in the air. And now I think I'm still right. I think we're going to be stuck with a guy who has lost a lot of credit in the bank, a lot of admiration. And a lot of people who are so, so, so on his side are now completely the opposite. Uh, It's a really weird situation, Dave. How real do you think this offer is? How likely do you think it is to occur? And what do you think the upshot is if it doesn't happen, man? This is, God, this is putting your hand in the lion's mouth, but we've got to go there, haven't we, to deal with this this kind of abscess of a situation. It really is a difficult one, Trev. I mean, I I think it's real in the sense of you look at all the reports, everything that's been discussed, and this is respectable journalists that are all coming out with this. We know Dominic King, the ghostwriter for his autobiography, that connection, you know, he's reported it, that... Hendo's had this offer from Al Etifak. It's an up to three year contract. Now, Dominic King's been quite honest in figures and up front and saying it's, you know, 700 
grand a week type of thing. We've also had other journos saying it's big money. And Neil Jones, and I like the way he said this, it's really important. It's, it's important not to say it's life-changing money because there's people going through cost of living, all the different things. So I like the way he phrased that. You know, it's, it's huge wages. There's no two ways about it. Even David Lynch saying, it's, you know, what his reports from the other side of it, it's about a quarter of that. So it's pick your poison in that sense, you know, de- depending on who you want to believe. But what I do believe clearly, Trev, as per all these journals, and it's the old, there's no smoke without fire. They are all saying to a T, Hendo has agreed this contract with the Saudi club, Stevie G and all that. I'd, I'd fully believe that. I'd bet serious money on that. Here's the issue now when it comes to the real crux. For some reason, this club believed they could get the captain of Liverpool with two years on his contract on a free transfer. And obviously it's come out now, Trev, that's, that is just not going to happen looking at the fees and everything like that. You know, Liverpool have made that clear through the media. Then this this crazy thing that, that comes out that they've only got a small budget. So we're supposed to believe that a club that can offer, you know, huge wages is looking to do all this. He's paying Stevie G apparently about fifteen million pounds a year, can't afford an up to twenty million pound fee. You know, it's all reports they've got thirty million pound budget through, you know, their outlets. Again, it's pick your poison what you believe. It's it's all about negotiations. To pick up on something that you said. This is now, the longer this goes on, is a PR disaster for Jordan Henderson and his team. He expected, I think, like you said, this to all be done and dusted. We, as you know, your tweets, my tweets show, were a lot more sceptical. And now he is on the plane to Germany, but he's on the plane to Germany because you know those conversations have taken place with Klopp, Schmacker, etc., all those people. It's like, well, there's no bid officially in. We're not close. You know, we're miles apart on this. So on the plane he goes types of thing. On, on his take on it, Travis, it's a big PR own goal. I really don't know how he, and I want to be careful how I phrase this, I don't know how he fully turns it around because it's not like a dead and buried situation. You know, players have asked to leave clubs before. There needs to be a bit of realism. We know what happened with Stevie G, Chelsea, all those types of things. It's not like a, a completely, you know, all's lost type of situation. But you are right. It's going to be so difficult to spin this. The other thing that really strikes me is the longer this goes on, two things. Number one, it means it's less and less likely. You'd, you know, you'd almost expected they're close. They're close to a breakthrough. It's maybe two million different, you know, something like that. The longer this goes on with just this gap, the less likely it is to happen that way. And the silence from Jordan Henderson and his team. And, it, and I kind of get it in one way because I want to be level headed. It's difficult for him to come out at the moment with Germany, you know, where he is, what he's trying to do. It's not going to want to be distractions, but the silence is deafening. And I actually think he's now in a situation where, for my two penance, he sat there going, shit, this is not going to happen now type of thing. We're backed into a corner. Like, what do we do? How do we play this round? Let me be clear as well. Having asked around, even tonight, all the journos, all our insights that we're managing to get, Trevor, saying the talks are still taking place between the, the clubs. It's not off. People will have their suspicions about that, but, you know, we can only report what we're told, so to speak. So I really don't know where this goes, Trevor. I think for everyone's sake, though, and I mean this for everyone's sake, Liverpool, the most important, 
this needs to get sorted sharpish. Can you imagine if we're still talking a week with this hanging over? And that it, it doesn't do Liverpool, Henderson, Klopp, anyone involved, any favours. So the the best thing I can say is I just hope it's resolved soon, one way or the other. But Christ, it's a mess. It really is a mess, and 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 um, like I say, it's not like a small thing. I think initially people were remaining quiet, uh, maybe expecting uh, and completely misreading what I was saying and thinking that I was a big Jordan Henderson ultra who was saying he's such a wonderful man, he would never do this. That's not what I was saying. I was saying it's never going to happen. There's a big difference. <laughs> There's a big difference. Um, I was told that, you know, if you look at the official website, he's not even in any of the pictures. And it just had the bang of the worst ends of the conspiracy corners of the of the Internet. And uh, if you go and check the gallery there, he's in about three or four of the pictures, two of them on his own. So that's nonsense. Um, there are no comments enabled on those photos. So no uh, feedback of a negative nature, but he's definitely not front and center uh, on, on the website, um, but still very much featured there. And I think, Dave, you know, if it doesn't go through, there's only one reality left, which is that, you know, he try, we try or he tries to find an alternative place to be next season because the damage is so extensive. And it kind of feels like that in a way. I'm looking at people who are, his greatest fans and have been who are uh, adopting positions of moral outrage, Dave, which, you know, I, I, I'm not relating to personally, um, but I can absolutely understand where they come from and their opinions are as valid as mine or anyone else's. And they are in a very dark place with this. And they think, you know, it's greed and it, how can he turn his back on these causes that he supported and so on and so forth. Of course, again, we have to remember he has said nothing. It's a double edged sword that though. And I think it does imply that, um, there's still a hope or a desire for that move to happen because why not just rule it out? Um, so I have a question just to finish this uh, for you. If we do have the reality, which I have seen since the minute this broke as being the most likely thing, which is that he, he does stay and we have this sort of compromised. I didn't think it would get this bad. I honestly didn't. I thought he would have come out and made his, um, I'm, I'm going nowhere statement much quicker. When that didn't happen, it was clear to me that there was a really ugly situation, uh, reality, potential possibility, which is that we're left with this guy. Um, and a lot of the fans don't want them and they're all questioning the captaincy issue. And Harry Maguire's had the captaincy taken away from him at Manchester United. And you can't read any article anywhere on the Internet that doesn't mention Jordan Henderson as well. It's remarkable. So this is the current reality. Now, time heals all wounds and football fans are fickle. And I guess if he puts in a couple of good performances, a lot of things would be forgiven. But it's very awkward, Dave. I mean, it's not an ideal situation going into the new term, with the, especially with that concept of the captaincy with British football clubs. It seems to mean so much. Um, I think that idea of captaincy and leadership and, and the conflation of the two ideas it's sometimes quite daft and old fashioned, but nonetheless, it forms a big talking point. It will be a very much a compromise scenario if we lurch into a season with Jordan hanging around and nothing having been addressed about this, because we're kind of running out of time for them to address it. 
Yeah, it's it's such a, an awkward one. And, and when I'm saying this, I want to be clear to everyone. I understand the arguments on both, you know, on both sides. Probably not the the extreme defenders of Hendo. I, I don't really understand that fully, but I understand the different takes. I understand that should lose the captaincy, and you know, well, I I get that. I can understand that case. I really do. The one thing that really strikes me, Trev, that no one's talking about it is as much as there's a fan opinion either way, and you know, one swipe of social media, you can see that that full sort of range of opinions, if it's right to say, no one will know what the take is in the dressing room. And that is absolutely crucial, i.e. what are Jurgen Klopp's thoughts and what are the leadership group and the squad's thoughts? Now, there's a couple of things that, that kind of spring to mind for me. Hendo, as we know, whatever you think of him in a player, massively popular in that dressing room. Only a fool would argue any differently. So that's the starting point. What has this done to him in the dressing room? I.e., what does a leadership group think of it? What do the others think of it? That is a key part. And what does Jurgen Klopp think about it? That's it's a real unknown, but that is the sort of sixty-four million dollar question for me, Trev, that people are kind of ignoring. There is a scenario where there's a sit-down, it sounds like Godfather now, doesn't it? A sit-down, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> type of thing, like the settle all family business, as it were. But Jurgen Klopp has a chat with him. If, and this is if it doesn't go ahead, obviously. If it doesn't go ahead, Jurgen Klopp has a chat. He chats with the leadership group. They will be the ultimate decision makers. That's my honest take on it, right or wrong. Because if that leadership group of Jurgen Klopp still back the current skipper, how can we turn that around? You know, it's not for the fans to sort of overrule that. And, and I get there's probably people screaming as they're listening to this, but what, do you want civil war between the fans and the players, so to speak? It's the people in the dressing room, Jurgen Klopp, those people in the squad, they will have their thoughts on it. And I just think it's getting ignored, but that will be the driving force for me. Either way, Trev, and I mean this seriously, it would not surprise me if he is captain. It would not surprise me. If he isn't at the start of the season, nothing surprises me in football anymore. I think that's I think that's fair. I mean, we can't make any predictions, but I, I, there's no doubt it's going to be an awkward one, and um, there will be if he does stay. The concept or conception, anyway, of bridges to mend. It's interesting that the guy is being pilloried for having been supportive of certain causes like LGBTQ plus, and yet at the same time. Lads who have never shown any support for such causes can make their moves like Fabinho. Nobody says shit. So there is a little bit of balance that needs to be dragged in here uh, from the morally outraged masses. But it's an interesting one. There are valid points on all sides. It's not ideal. And there's one last little com- complicated sort of wrinkle in this. And that is, as you mentioned earlier on, Stevie Gerrard's uh, involvement here um, because we're seeing all sorts of stories with Stevie being linked with every sort of ex-red who's currently available of a comparatively high profile from Coutinho onwards and you know you you, you and, and, and Neil Jones did kind of chat about this the likes of even Mane you know Henderson and, and maybe Ginny Wijnaldum uh, but 
we come back around full circle to the fact that these guys seem to be doing what we call in Ireland the poor mouth and saying, actually, we only have the 13 million, which doesn't seem feasible or realistic in any way, shape or form. And I have heard stories about um, alternative sources of funding being uh, on the table for them, um, you know, private investment uh, coming in to help them buy certain players. So do we know anything else about this in terms of maybe some uh, extra leverage or as we say, as you've, you've always talked about with Barcelona, any levers that Stevie may have to pull? Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a tad predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa. He does Anfield Index. He presents a tad predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye bye. Christ, this is God. I, I want to work this so carefully, Trev, I really do. But like you said, we, we had Neil Jones on Media Matters and I kind of asked him to rewind as in when did he first get an inkling over Hendo, you know, this move type of thing. And, and he answered quite interestingly around the, when Stevie Gerrard confirmed that job, the initial things he heard. And, and I don't want to sort of put words in, in Neil's mouth, people, you know, l- listen to, to that snippet yourself. But as Neil mentioned, you know, Coutinho, Mane, Genie were discussed and Jordan Henderson's name came up and naturally it was one that, yeah, right, you know, we'll get Johnny Vegas at right back at the same time type of thing, you know, <laughs> absolute nonsense. But here we are, like all this time later and the one thing that, upon asking around a bit further on this as well, Trev, people forget, you might remember, Jim, when Stevie went over first time, came back and said, no, not for me, and then went over a second time and accepted. Oh, yeah. A lot, a lot of the premise or the suggestions are that they went back the second time was, and, and I, this is a Liverpool legend, you know, one of my heroes, so I don't want to say this any bad way, but money was part of the decision, you know, the offer that was made, but also the promises, the insinuations that were made to him, you know, i.e., yeah, we've heard about your players, your plans, you know, we were going to back you in this case. And come on, Travis, like when people are saying, are we really supposed to believe that Stephen Gerrard's had those conversations with the likes of Genie, Manny, Hendo and all this? Yeah, brilliant. What's the budget? 13 million quid. Like, you know, let's get real on this type of thing. So, as you said, there's a lot of the issue or the, the one side of the media saying, well, they're not one of the four PIF clubs. So, Bear that in mind. They've only got this small, this small funding. But like you said, there's private investors. There's a lot being talked about, suggested by journos. The other thing that's also been suggested by a few journos, Trevor, when we've asked about it, is there is almost a sovereign fund, as it as it's reported. It's important. I want to try and word this correctly that they can tap into, apply for, and also you know speak to the PIF about funding for this as well. So it's not just like there's these four and it's the exclusion of others. If it makes sense with the Saudi League, 
there's options there. The other fascinating thing is some other journals we told us are investigating, and, and some of this has come out. It's not like it's a sort of secret society thing, but the Saudi clubs find this money, but also at the same time, they default on payments quite a lot or don't make, you know, instalments, as it were, Trev. It's absolutely crazy the way it seems to, to work. Very different from what we'd see in the, the European game. But, yeah, there's for, for my two pennies worth, and this means nothing, let's be clear about it, you just would love to get a quick interview now with Stevie G, wouldn't you, over a beer and say, like, Stevie, what's going on? You know, mega money, you've got all this, the hand thing. There's a little bit of me just thinking, like, he's almost thinking, have I been sold a duffer now? What's going on? Because, you know, he probably thought Jordan Henderson would be in by now as well. It is absolutely fascinating. I mean, even... Robbie's come out today and I said, you know, I don't know what all the furore is. And again, I don't want to be critical of a, a guy that's one of my heroes as well, but everything that's going on almost just seems so linked to Liverpool Football Club and Saudi Arabia now. It's just insane, isn't it, Trevor? I want to be so careful on how I word this, but I really don't know how this all moves forward. I really don't. Well, we can only watch and speculate and uh, report what we can when we can, and we will do that here in this show. And if it means we end up doing another show in a couple of days, we'll be here to do that for you, folks. And if there is a likelihood that Fabinho's on his bike, and it does seem to be very much headed that way, there are some names that are already being thrown out. And I've seen some cynical types um, refer to these names as a list of names that have been deliberately briefed by the club so that we can, you know, the people are thrown off the scent. And I never know where to go with these things. But the names in question, not sure how attractive they will be to Liverpool fans. Calvin Phillips, Amrabat, Graven Birch, um, obviously Lavia as well. Um, but I know you, again, of course, in your research are speaking to people who are getting uh, information um, that's certainly far better than the majority of us are receiving. Um, talk to us a little bit about who you've heard are likely. What do you think these names that are out in the public domain are realistic or not? Nah, the, the names are absolutely rancid, Trevor, aren't they? Some of the ones that have come out. And, and let's be clear it is a coordinated briefing from the club and from the club sources. They they all came out at the same time. It's all the same names. I mean, Calvin Phillips, we're really supposed to believe a sort of 28-year-old who's been injured three quarters of the season and plays for City is going to fill that gap. Amrabat, Gravenberch, Christ, we've talked about Gravenberch also. You know, th- these are just absolute smokescreen names for me. The only one I think that's got Credence, and it's really easy to throw it in there, is Romeo Lavia, because it's been mentioned that he must be about 29 now, the amount of time he's been on Liverpool shortlist, to be honest. He just keeps getting mentioned week after week, doesn't he, type of thing. And it's funny, even I saw literally a couple of hours before we're doing this, Romano saying he's now at the top of Liverpool's list, which means he must have been in about position number 864th before because you know the amount of time it's taken him to get there but I do think there's there's credence in Lavia who we will come on to a bit later as well. Neil Jones said it on the podcast said it a few places the one that he's heard or talks about and want to really keep an eye on is Florentino Luiz the young defensive midfielder for, for Benfica so that's another name you know in regards to that. Mel Reddy also you know he's, he's now his guy she sort of 
came out with the briefing of the same name. However, she was quite clear in adding other things on, suggesting, you know, well, they've also looked at Turam, Lavia, Berea, all the names you know. Kind of her clear insinuation, as close as she can without burning her sources for me, Trav, that, listen, we've been given these. Our job is to tell you these names. If we don't, we're lying. That's our job to report these. However, it's a clear insinuation from her, from other journos, that they do believe that it's a bit of a smokescreen, shall we say. And I love the way she almost phrased it in a tweet. We've seen this with the likes of Zabozlai before. Liverpool are good at this, aren't they? They're good at these smokescreens. And then the Gapo Diaz is the name out of nowhere, which, to be honest, Trev, looking at the rancid list, I'm hoping it is a name out of nowhere. So I, could, I could take... Lavia with another. I could take Louise with Lavia, you know, all the combinations, you type of thing. But the way I'd summarise it is, Trev, we're asking a thousand people, a thousand things. And the long story short is no one knows nothing for definite. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> it's the default setting for the transfer window. Nobody knows anything. One thing we do know, though, is that there is a specific and definite outgoing, and that's Seth Vandenberg, who's off on his travels again, this time to Mainz. Yeah, this is an interesting one to, to keep an eye on now and going forward, because it's about his level, as Neil Jones said, where they expect him to end up. There is, there's a real sort of belief coming that, he is a good, young, talented player. There is no two ways about that. But will he ever be good enough for Liverpool? I think there's a, you know, there's a, a swirl of traffic in the negative sense there. And also the one thing to keep an eye on with this transfer is, this loan, I should say, let me be clear on that, is the suggestions are there is a small fee. I don't know how much that is, but, you know, it's been reported to us, a small fee that's taken place for that to happen. And minds have options, Trev, i.e., it's not just a, this is it for a year and then he's back, that the clubs will sit down at the end of this loan and it could even become a permanent one. You know, that that's how it's been pitched to us, not just a, not like, oh, it's just loaning back, you know, that type of thing. This is very much one that could end up being his permanent home. So very much one to keep an eye on how he does this season. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, um, it's... I know one or two people were sorry to see him leave and think he has potential and all the rest of it. But as you say, the loan thing looks after that. If he does super well, he will be back in the fold for sure. We need to start moving around the league because it's great that there's so much to talk about in and around our club, but there's a lot going on elsewhere as well. And I guess we got to start with the second biggest move in Premier League history after, um, uh, on a midfielder is Arsenal. Eventually, it seemed to take a long time, Dave, but eventually it did happen. Um, and Arsenal have moved for De- uh, De- I was going to say Damien Rice, um, Declan Rice, and Urian Timber. But the Rice one in particular is interesting because I don't know what was the delay, um, but there were obviously a lot of things to hammer out in the background. Um, it was starting to be one of those things where I think people were thinking maybe someone could jump in uh, and hijack that deal um, if you are so inclined. So talk to us a little bit about what's going on with Arsenal and what you think of those moves, um, uh, especially with the fact that some people are going to have to go the opposite direction. I know Thomas Partey is linked with, of course, Saudi money, um, 
and there are other bits and bobs in and around Arsenal. So what can you tell us about what's, ha- what's happened or happening there? Well, Trev, in the words of Damien Rice, so it is, as he said on the famous <laughs> track. So I always listened to him for ages. But yeah, literally, it was a, it was a bit strange, wasn't it? The delay, it was almost, where's Declan Rice gone? Almost the way of Shergar, Lord Lucan type of thing. But finally, <laughs> on Friday... They confirmed Timber and Declan Rice. I mean, huge money spent at that club already with Kai Havertz. Absolutely massive. There has been a, a small, and I'm, I'm phrasing that carefully, small number of outgoings because Granite Jack has gone. It's so important now that what happens with Arsenal, and it has a bearing on us, I really think that, Trev, as well. Because like you said... Thomas Partey is expected to leave or at least be up for tender, if that's the right phrase. Saudi clubs have been linked with him that way. Balogun, the young forward who's been on loan, you know, he's been linked with Chelsea, Inter apparently interested. They're both expected to depart. Now, that might seem to many as in it's a a balance of the books, but there's really strong insinuations from, from a lot of journos and a lot of sources, Trev, that if Partey does go and when Balogun goes, etc., that Romeo Lavia will be the one they target. So the two out, Xhaka and Partey, and the two in, Rice and Lavia, are what Arsenal are really looking for. We know Arteta loves youth, spending money, that type of thing, so it may be the perfect mix. The one thing I think it, it impacts on us, because, I mean, we've been linked with him, it's clear we hold an interest in the player, you know, as per everyone's suggestions, we've spoken to his representatives extensively. There's going to come a bit soon, Trev, where are Liverpool really serious? Are we just going to talk about this all summer? And if Thomas Partey departs Arsenal, they, you know, Lavia's agent has a lot of connections to Arsenal. He's got a lot of players there. He's well known at that club, etc. I would actually suggest, and this is speculation, so this could be wild, that if Partey goes and Liverpool have not made a serious move for Lavia by then, Arsenal well move into the driving seat because there's going to be that bit where, you know, Lavia's agents are going to say to Liverpool, well, you're not making a move. You know what it is. And obviously there's all the talk about the 50 million price tag. Christ, Trev, Arsenal are not going to be put off by a 50 million pound price tag, are they? Look at how much they're spending type of thing. So it's going to be a really interesting one to keep an eye on because they're the biggest spenders of the window. They're still not done. And it could well have a knock-on impact to us any day soon if we don't make a move, if we do want Lavia. And if you were to make a, a an assessment of the business done so far, even just take those two particular signings, Yuri uh, Timber and, and, and Declan Rice, do you think that will push Arsenal into a bracket ahead of where they were last year? I've heard people argue to the contrary. What's your take? It's a tough one, this. It, it's an improvement on the squad. Does it push them to where they want to be? No, I don't think that. I really don't. I think Declan Rice is an upgrade on Jacker. Let's be clear on that. I don't think it's... People are just getting fascinated with the price tag, Trev, but he's a better player. He's a good signing for them, in my opinion. He's not worth the money, but that's the English tax and everything like that. That's the nature of it. But he improves them. Timber... I'm really split on this because, you know, take away the Ajax tax where you can look great as an Ajax player on the ball and all that. But he is good on the ball. You know, he gives them another option competing with Ben White. I think that he's a decent signing. 
do I think he really improves them? Is he absolutely what they needed? I'm struggling to say yes to that one fully. I have to be honest. So I think it does improve them, Trev. And that's my honest take. Does he get them to where they want to be, i.e. winning the league? Not for me, got to be honest. Mm, I, I would kind of agree in that I doubt they're the transformative signings, say a Fabinho or a, or a Van Dyke or an Allison. But, you know, we'll, 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 we'll let them, um, stake their claim and, and comment later. Uh, Chelsea are still doing Chelsea things, Dave. Um, and there's, we're, we're going to finish the show with a whole just list of names. Uh, who are being linked with the Saudi league, just why not for the crack? That's how we'll finish. But one of those is Lukaku. And that's probably a disappointment to him because I think he was probably interested in, uh, in rekindling his, uh, positive relationship with Inter. Um, but that seems to be a no go. Also, they are still looks like leading the charge for Caicedo. So that's going to be another huge outlay from, uh, Sweeney Todd there. And I read something recently um, about Pulisic talking about his disillusionment, about his time at Chelsea. And I thought, well, you are a silly lad because it, I do think there was the opportunity for him to come to Liverpool. Um, and, uh, well, you know, you reap what you sow. So that's uh, only some of them. Obviously, Caldwell's going to feature here in your chat. And apparently, interestingly, a couple of lads have been told not to bother coming back to training. So what's all this about? Yeah, it's it, this is probably... One of the quietest weeks at Chelsea, but it's still just Sweeney Todd and it's still Chelsea, isn't it? So, like you said, Lukaku to Inter seems absolutely dead in the water. In fact, it now seems between two avenues for him. It's either Juventus, who kind of came from nowhere in a bit, which affects a lot of people, but they're very much interested in him, which is fascinating because they've already got Vlaovic as a big lump up top. So, you know, having two would be fascinating, but who knows? And the Saudi element, obviously, that that's still to be explored, like you said. Caicedo, all the reports are they are still favourites. They have agreed terms with the player. But again, it just doesn't seem to be progressing. You know, Brighton are digging their heels in. And even with Fabinho going, you know, people were asking, you know, we, as we would desire so much, Trev, could he be the one? But as all the reporters have come out, said Liverpool are saying, you know, too rich for our blood. No chance. Just a bit bizarre that nothing's progressing that way. Pulisic, like you say, mentions his disillusionment. He's now at AC Milan, so hopefully he'll be happier there. Colwell is expected back next week, just before they fly out to the US for their tour. And there is a big suspicion that, and it's got to happen at some point, hasn't it, Trev? Because there was all the speculation. What is happening with Levi Colwell? He's got to have that chat with Pochettino at some point, hasn't he? How did both of them see it? But it's expected that that will happen next week when he's back before he goes out to the US. So that is definitely one to keep an eye on. It's fascinating. And you know what we hope happens there, but let's not jump to conclusions. And yeah, like you mentioned as well, they've told a few players like, don't come back to training with all the rest straight away. So Ziyech, after his failed move because of his dodgy knee, dodgy hip to Saudi, Abamyang, Christ, you forgot he was still a Chelsea player, didn't he? But, yo, they've told him that. Lukaku, as we already know, and even one that probably people had forgotten was still a footballer, Callum Hudson-Odoi. So maybe a bit of ruthlessness from the manager already, you know, telling these players do not come back. The group, the first team group, is pretty much going to the US. 
you are not part of it. Honestly, the one thing I could say with Chelsea, Trev, is probably the quietest week we've spoken about with them. And there's still seven things we've had to mention there. Just a crazy club. They will continue to be, no doubt. And I love the idea of of Todd getting all uh, strict and laying down the law before he splashes some more stupid money. So, yeah, they're always fun. Uh, speaking of a club that has been fun for us um, for the best part of a decade now to watch is Manchester United. Um we spoke quite recently about the really weird uh, David De Gea scenario and what was happening there. It was it was so odd, and apparently they don't seem to be sorted for a goalkeeper quite yet. So I'll let you inform us about that, and also you might want to give a take on what I touched on briefly earlier on, which is this story about the Harry Maguire captaincy, because that may well have a knock-on effect in terms of he's obviously saying already that he, he you know he's disappointed but he'll give his all for the shirt but it might well be the catalyst for a move i don't need a vpn i've got nothing to hide <laughs> this is what i used to tell myself before i hooked up with libertyshield.com not only is my home internet now fully encrypted but i can now access all the websites i want whenever i want and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, Mac boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Yeah, it's fascinating what's happening there, isn't it? Literally, the the latest update, and it's kind of been going on today, even just before we we came on the show, just messaging that Onana, the Inter Milan keeper, that is pretty much tied up, is the suspicion, that the outline of the deal, it's all pretty much agreed with the player, it's just the final negotiations, and Ornstein's come out with that today. So there is a real expectation that, he is in place. It's a reunion with his former Ajax keeper before they also fly out from their pre-season tour as well. So don't be surprised if by Wednesday that is a deal done. That is the full expectation. The Maguire thing is fascinating, Trevor. We've been actually there's been a few journals even asking around about this today. It's kind of the hot story, isn't it? That he's been stripped of the captaincy. Now there's a couple of key things just to really hone in on this. Normally, when these things happen, Trev, it's one of two things. The club comes out first and says, you know, this is what's happening. We, you know, thank this. And then the player comes out with a coordinated statement or they do them at the same time. This is fascinating, Trev, as a few journals have put it. The player has come out first. The player let the cat out the bag before United released their official statement, which has actually gone out whilst this show is on. But... The player actually revealed it a good few hours earlier today, which, as a few journals are telling us, 
this is a pissed off player, this is not a happy player. And part of this is a big suspicion that United are playing games with him because in simple terms, Trev, they want him out. But this is, guy is really pissed off now. Why am I saying this? Because there are clubs interested, as we mentioned before, like Spurs. West Ham, as a few journals have reported, are interested in this player. However, the big problem is there's a reported £50 million price tag on the player. And at the same time, Trev, because of the nature of his deal, Harry Maguire is reportedly earning approximately 200 grand a week still. Now, let's be honest, not even Sweeney Todd is going to cough up 200 grand a week to Harry Maguire. I'm even convinced if the Saudis saw that, they'd even go, are you joking? 200 grand a week for Harry Maguire type of thing. So it's a real difficult situation now because you've got a pissed off player who's had the capsi taken away. You've got a club that wants to naturally ship him out for obvious reasons. Nothing could be clear in that regard. And both parties are stubborn and both parties are going to dig in. My two pence worth says Harry Maguire is not at Manchester United for the start of next season. However, there's a payoff involved, i.e. they give him a bit of money to depart, you know, make up the difference in wages to his new club type of thing. But again, the circus is in town at United and he's rolling on a... Yeah, and and, and uh, like I say, anything that we can get a little smirk from uh, with regard to that lot is always fun, and <laughs> that is certainly in that category. Interesting to watch where he ends up because I think you're right. I think it's almost inevitable given the fact that I didn't realise that he had released the statement before the club did. You're right. That that that's that smacks of. Uh, of a sort of someone trying to take back a little bit of control over the situation for themselves. Um, now, two clubs left to talk about in the Premier League. Um, one is Manchester City. And you haven't mentioned it here because I think, like everybody else, you're probably wondering why it's gone so cool between Manchester City and um, and Guardiol, which was the rumoured deal that was going to get done for sure. It was going to be massive money and blah, blah, blah. But we have heard over the last couple of days strong links uh, between uh, Manchester City's Walker and Bayern Munich. And there may well be a sort of a move in the opposite direction. What's this uh, set up about? Yeah, it's, it's a bit of a strange one. Like you said, the, the Gavardial deal going silent is real strange. No one seems to be able to, to shed any light on that at the moment. Both clubs are quiet. And now there's the the Kyle Walker thing have been mentioned, but the big suggestions, especially from Florin Plettenberg, you know, the, the big Sky Germany correspondent, very much says that Kyle Walker has pretty much verbally agreed to deal with Tommy Tuchel and Bayern Munich and wants to go there. So he's got to have the conversation with Pep, as it were. On the other side, also the same, you know, profile, the, the same pundit has suggested that Pavard, Benjamin Pavard, one that just keeps cropping up with us as a nonsense link every now and again, could be looking at going the other way, almost like a, a swap shop type deal, possibly. And listen, we'll come on to Bayern later because I said they were a club to watch. and They are utterly fascinating this window and wait till you get the update on them. But yeah, it could be a real swap shop. It's a strange one, doesn't it? Kyle Walker to Bayern, Pavard to, to City, but it's one to watch. I wouldn't discount it, Trev, put it that way. Yeah, I think it kind of makes some sort of sense, but again, it'll depend on um, 
what the manager's opinion of uh, the player come the other way is. And we're going to finish the Premier League section. Uh, we have a very short European section. That's why, if you, in case you're watching the clock, folks, uh, we usually have a little bit more in these uh, in, in this last section, but it's pretty short this week. We are, as Dave has just said, going to go back to Bayern for a bit of crack in a minute. But let's finish with Aston Villa, who are actually trying to do a bit of business. And we've seen, I think, a very positive forward shift in that club since they linked up with this new manager um, and he seems to have a very set idea about the players that he wants and there is a new strong link for Aston Villa um, and some other bits and bobs of business around that club I think an awful lot of people are of the opinion that again if Emery gets it right they're going to be in and around the very top end of the table um, what can you tell us about recruits or outgoings that may have a bearing on that? There's two real points to this Trevor and the second one now is fascinating it's almost something that we didn't I, I didn't know if we'd get it but I think we're about to get it and find out so naturally they've got Pau Torres in the door you know great signing for them the left footed centre back that Emery and Monchi have been after. They got him through the door. You know, we said Villa are one to keep an eye on. They really are. And now, in the last week, they've made the move for the French winger, Moussa Diaby at Bayern Leverkusen. So the bid's been rejected, but there is suspicion that somewhere around the £50 million mark, maybe a bit higher, gets it done. Now, this is big, and there's something big that's actually happened whilst we're on this show, Trav. In response to that Villa bid, Saudi club Al Nasir, I think that's how I pronounce it, Ronaldo's club, have made a bid for the same player, Trev. So we're now in the situation, we wondered if it would happen this summer. What happens when an English Premier League club is bidding against a Saudi club, one of the PIF clubs? You know, who comes out on top? We finally got that kind of head-to-head in a drama sense. We wonder if it would happen. And also... This is fascinating because Diaby is a real talent. He's such a young player. Naturally, the football, you'd be thinking, well, he's going to pick the Premier League, isn't he? The Villa Project and all this. If he picks the Saudi club, that is a massive statement in world football, Trav, because it's a player, uh, not even P-Cage, coming to P-Cage saying, I am picking the Saudi riches over the Premier League, that would be a big statement in world football because so far it's all been, as we're on it, we've said it on the show, a bit of a retirement haven, a pension pot, but the age has started to creep down with signings, we know, hasn't it? But if Diaby does pick the Saudi club, I think he's 23. That, that, that was when I, I double-checked a while ago. This could be wrong, but I think he's about 23. That's a player not even in their prime picking Saudi over the Premier League. So it's going to be fascinating to see what happens with this one. It really is. I think this could be a big statement signing either way for that reason. Yeah, I suppose the possibility is there that there could be a kind of critical mass, a moment where there's a swing. Um, Something like a move like this could be that trigger point for it. And people say, why not go if I'm being offered it for a couple of years? But it will very much depend on how 
international managers are perceiving that league and how the general football world is perceiving the standard of that league as to how many people would follow suit. I think there's still probably prestige attached to the biggest leagues that probably isn't there. Uh, maybe a cynicism that's attached to that league in Saudi that, uh, needs to dissipate a bit. I'm not sure if it'll ever happen or it'll ever turn around, but a move like that would certainly be the kind of thing that might make it begin to be real. Um, again, an absolute wild card, a whole paradigm shift for us people who are fascinated by this sport. Uh, and we have to just keep watching it with ever uh, more interested eyes because it just will not stop this thing. Um, it just will not stop. Uh, we'll take a very brief look into Europe and we'll focus exclusively on Bayern Munich because I know you've got an interesting tale for us here. Yeah, well, we said they were the one of the clubs to watch. It's normally been such an institution of German football, so carefully governed, but it is just a crazy press dream at the moment. It really is. So they've been linked earlier in the window with Harry Kane. There was a lot of scepticism. Tell you what, Trev, I don't know if um, Uli Honus had had a few too many snaps, but he just blurted it all out, didn't he? The honorary president saying that, the things he revealed, Trev, they're, you know, they're a real dream for us on this type of show. Oh, yeah, we talked to Harry Kane's brother and his father, his advisors all the time. He wants to come. Oh, yeah, we, we, we've had meetings. We've had dinner with Daniel Levy in London. He's being evasive, but we want to get it done. Oh, yeah, so the manager's spoken to the player. You know, they, they've all got it agreed. Provided Tottenham aren't silly, you know, we'll get the player. I mean, talk about just chucking a hand grenade in the situation, obviously. Now, the other, the other side of the coin, Daniel Levy, everyone knows how hard he is to negotiate. But you can imagine the sort of grimace on Harry Kane's face when all this came out publicly, can't you? That, you know, there's Bayern Munich camp saying, oh, yeah, he's agreed all with us. He wants to come. It's just about getting a fee and a deal done type of thing. This so has the feeling of a couple of summers ago, doesn't it? And this time, unfortunately... It's a German football president instead of a round of golf with Gary Neville on the overlap or whatever it's called type of thing. So the Harry Kane dramas just go on. And Bayern Munich, dramatic as ever, even Tuchel comes out, doesn't he, about Sadio Mane and says, when he's asked, yeah, he's pretty much terrible last season. He knows where we stand, i.e. Trev, get a deal done with Saudi and off your pop type of thing. You know, it's it's become such a... It's a 360, I would call it personally, from a respected institution, seeing as doing its business the right way, a well-run club. Yes, there's all the bit about it pinched all its competitors' best players. I get that. That was the nature of that league. But everything is now done so publicly, the court, and it's almost like there's been a full, like you said, a paradigm shift in the way Bayern Munich do things. Listen, it's great for us. It's great for this show because it gives us plenty to talk about. But yeah. Interesting to see what Harry Kane's thoughts are right now. Put it that way. For sure. And I would love, because I'm very fond of the man, I love, love, love Tommy Tuchel. That's not the man I'm fond of. To end up with egg on his face and find himself on the receiving end of some Sadio Mane punishment. Uh, if he could get a, a, a move to a top European club uh, next year and, and, and see could he get some sort of balance back in the universe. Because a world where a manager is bad-mouthing Sadio Mane and he's 
disliked at his club and falling out with his teammates and unpopular and thought of as not being good. That makes no sense. So hopefully that's something that can sort of even out as this season um, begins and continues. And we'll finish, Dave. Where else would we finish with the fact that this uh, thing that we've spoken about so much, this new reality where there is a new destination for footballers of um, talent to go and make savage amounts of money. It's a real thing. We're seeing names like Fabinho at our club and Jordan Henderson, names that, you know, some people uh, thought were absolutely impossible, certainly the likes of Henderson for different reasons, impossible uh, to, to link with this with this new league. They are being linked. More to the point, they are going. You mentioned Diaby being um, uh, a, a, a source of interest um, for Al Nasser. Well, We've got Fabinho, we've got Henderson, Milinkovic Savage is being mentioned, Lukaku's being mentioned, Bernardo Silva's being mentioned, uh, Mitrovic is the latest one I heard being mentioned. I think Riyad Mahrez you've got down here as well. And of course, the, um, the guy who was so popular at one stage at Newcastle, Alan Simaxima, is also being mentioned. And you said it actually, it's interesting. You've just used the exact phrase I used a minute ago here in your notes. They just won't stop. They are the terminator, this league, this, uh, this determination to recruit stars. It's just incessant. It will not end until the transfer deadline bell rings. And it's mad to watch, Dave. It is, uh, again, to use the expression you used earlier on, a grenade that has been rolled in under this window and it's going to wreak havoc. It is currently wreaking havoc. It may well have destroyed a storied, uh, for want of a better word, career at Anfield for the captain of the club. It's absolutely chaotic, this influence that they're having. What's your final thoughts on some of the latest things we've been hearing around about moves to Saudi Arabia? There's there's two real thoughts I've got on this, and it almost goes back about six weeks. I don't know if you remember, Trev, we kind of just said it as a throwaway line almost, so to speak, on one of the pods that very much the the Saudi clubs are just they're just going to the agents and the agencies and saying open your books, you know, what have you got type of thing, what's possible? We kind of said that about five, six weeks ago as a throwaway line, thinking, let's see how this develops. But Christ, has it come to fruition? As you, like Those names, like you said, they've got Milinkovic, Savage. Fabinho seems to go. Lukaku possible. Bernardo possible. Hendo, obviously we talked about that. Mitrovic, they've got a bid in for him as well. Mares. I'll, I'll leave Sam Maximum because I want to make him part of my second point. But the big thing is now the disruption for the clubs, Trev. Because they've gone to the agents, they are doing deals with the players and the agents. Like in the case of Fabinho, they're getting all that sorted, pretty much lining all that up. And then they are coming to the clubs and saying, right, here's the bid because we've done it all with the player type of thing and the agencies. And obviously the agents are loving this because you know the commission they are getting on this. You know, there's no doubts about it. Let's not pretend for one second they're not getting vast amounts of money from all this. So they are disrupting the system for the European clubs in that way. That's the word, disruption, 
for Europe. That That's the way I would phrase it. The second thing, which I think is fascinating, and I really honed in on this today, Newcastle and the Saudi link. Now, the suggestion is that very much Sam Maximin's been looked at by that. Apparently, he's turned it down. That's the suggestion. But Newcastle wanting to sell Sam Maximum to Saudi, one of the PIF clubs, so they could have the funds for Harvey Barnes. Now, funnily enough, Trev, we all know who owns Newcastle, don't we now? So, you know, I'll, I'll let people draw the implications that way. But in case you were in any doubt, Eddie Howe was asked this as almost a throwaway line, and the press haven't really jumped on it just yet. They might do if the wheels really turned. Was asked about the situation. Well, what would you do, Eddie, if there was a player on loan in Saudi and you, you know, sorry, had been bought by Saudi and you could get them on loan because that's been suggested. We've heard that. As Eddie Howe kind of answered, and this is almost paraphrasing, so I'm not going to quote from the interview, but if it was allowed, we'd look at it. That, to me, is fascinating, Trav, because let's be honest, this is a Saudi-owned club being asked about players who could be at Saudi-owned or Saudi clubs what would you do in that situation? Can you imagine the furore in the world of football if one of these big names moves to a Saudi club, one of the four PIF, and they end up on loan at Newcastle? Could you imagine the meltdown in the transfer market, in the football world? The fume would be incessant, as they say. So that's my final two thoughts, Trev. The disruption of the clubs in Europe, and let's just keep an eye on this Newcastle loan situation. Might not happen, but you've got to keep an eye on it. Simple as that. <laughs> and there's something just remarkably sort of uh, forced naivety about that comment from from how, you know, maybe we'll find, uh, you know, a few million down the back of the sofa, if that's OK, if that's allowed. I mean, it's yeah, you're, you're right. It's it's a fascinating one to watch. And there are implications on implications uh, that could come with any potential moves here. Uh, I've, I've never known a more interesting uh, transfer window ever. It is by far, Dave, the most interesting transfer window that I have ever been around for because of all these uh, rogue elements that are floating around um, and the status of certain clubs and certain footballers. And we haven't even mentioned this week for once the uh, American angle. We'll be back to that, no doubt, next week because I think something pretty uh, underlined happened there with uh, Messi during the week. So look, as ever, we've gone north of what we usually do, about an hour and five minutes here. We should start wrapping it up. We'll do exactly that. A remarkable state of affairs, Dave. If you've any last words, same. Otherwise, all that remains for me to do is say thanks very much. Oh, that's me off for a lie down, but pleasure as ever, mate. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. 
it only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.